0: Hey guys, and welcome to this week's episode of Bitch Work Podcast. I am so excited to be here with Maya Monza. Hey, Maya, how are you? Hi, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. I am so excited for Maya to be here today because, so funny story, we, we know each other through some mutual friends, and Maya is a Soul Cycle instructor, and you were working in New York for a period of time, correct?
1: Yes, back in 2017, I was there for like six months.
0: So when Maya was an instructor in New York and back when like working out at SoulCycle in New York was actually a thing, (laughs) um, me and a bunch of my friends went to one of her classes and it was just such a fun time and honestly, I remember that class so well because it was when my friend Sarah, I feel like was really starting to get into the whole SoulCycle community and I just felt so cool that like we were going to a SoulCycle class to like be with a certain instructor and because like she knew one of my friends I was just like we are the coolest people in this class right now
1: oh my gosh I love it and that was right after I got done with the training too so the fact that people were actually signing up for my class who didn't know me or who knew me through mutual friends it was so great to have that kind of support because I wasn't from there either so thank you for showing yeah. up when I was brand new yeah.
0: of course of course <laughs> if I could do it again I wish I could be at a soul cycle class every day I miss it so much
1: Wow. Yeah, things are definitely a little bit different. I'm down in San Diego, California now. So, we are doing the outdoor rides.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, I've been in um I've been in Palm Springs for the winter, and I don't know if there's not a soul cycle here or if things were like more restricted over here, but I haven't even like seen a workout class around me. I wish I wish that I have.
1: Right. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are doing the on demand or trying to work out outside, but yeah, it's been crazy with all the openings and closings and Every yeah. county is kind of different.
0: Yeah, especially in, in California, for sure. Okay. Anyways, so let's get into the nitty gritty of it like what it's like to be a Soul Cycle instructor and really just like what your day to day looks like being an instructor at Soul Cycle.
1: Yeah. So I'm considered um, a full time Soul Cycle instructor, which is really awesome. That was one of the benefits of why I wanted to actually. Join with that company um, is to be able to make it a full career for myself. But that means I teach about 11 classes a week currently. So that's about two classes a day. Um, But during the day, it's a lot of work and prep in between classes too. A lot of times we're making playlists, which, you know, we have to keep it fresh because there's people Mm -hmm. who double or take my class every single day. So constantly looking for new music and new inspiration with choreography And then on top of that, too, it's a lot of being on social media. A lot of instructors are also influencers or are able to monetize some of the content or work with different brands online. So a lot of my day to day is emails and different collaborations and things like that with brands and companies that I'm working with on the side as well. Um, And then on top of that, I actually just started my own company and business uh, during quarantine called Apres Sweat. So that's been really fun getting to not only build the community online, but also figuring out, um, what I can do to really set my product apart, make it unique. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a lot of side hustles in the day to day.
0: That's amazing. Okay. Tell us more about Apres Sweat. What is that? Give us the details.
1: Yeah. So it is my lifestyle brand. It's all about what we do after the workout, hence Apres, uh, which is after in French yeah. But I wanted a way to bring my community together uh, outside of the workouts, whether that be with brunch or going to you know baseball games together or doing outdoor workouts together. So I really wanted to have a space and community where it could be uh, people with similar interests as myself. I've noticed that a lot of my peers really pride themselves on. Know their physique and working out and you know going hard, but to be honest with you, on the weekends, like I'm at a rooftop bar with my friends or going to the beach, it's really about balance, yeah, I love it. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. So it's been really, really cool. And then with that, just designing a product um, for the fitness community that can help serve my riders um, that serves great function. Um, but yeah, as far as like starting a business, thank God for Google because I'm just Googling how to do everything.
0: Totally. I think that's so relatable. Like even with the podcast, like right before we jumped on today, like I've noticed in the past, my mic has been sounding so weird. And immediately I was like, what are the right settings for my mic? Because honestly, I feel like the questions never stop when you're like building something for yourself and by yourself. There's like endless questions.
1: Oh, for sure. And it's all, you know, trial and error, like you're your own marketing, you're making your own content, you're your own audio and support and customer service. So it's really it's neat to see, though, how many uh, young entrepreneurs like yourself and like myself there are, especially right now, just going off and doing their thing, building their brand. I feel like a few years from now, it's going to be less about show me your resume and show me what your GPA was and more of like, what have you built?
0: Totally. especially with COVID because I think that you know a lot of people did take this time to build a side hustle or to work on a passion project or do something that was out of their like typical nine to five
1: totally yeah build a portfolio make a website
0: yeah definitely so with all of your side hustles and everything that you're kind of throwing around in your day and keeping track of what is like a day in the life of Maya look like? Like how are you, how does your day look and what are sort of like your your tasks that you do every single day?
1: Yeah, so right now with um, Soul Cycle outside, we just have one of our locations open at La Jolla. Um, our Del Mar location is still temporarily closed. but um, with only having one studio, that's where I obviously spend most of my time when I'm teaching. So mm-hmm. I'm a clopener. I do a lot of the morning classes and evening classes. So okay. usually wake up, let's say let's say we're going to my 7 a.m. today. I'd usually wake up around 5.30, have myself a big glass of water, probably a cup of coffee, some breakfast, always a bagel.
0: Mm-hmm. And Amazing. I'd
1: go over my playlist. I try to usually make my playlist morning of or night before my classes just because I'll think I know what I want to listen to later in the week and my mood's totally changed. So yeah, totally. I'd run through my playlist, run through the choreo, just make sure I'm all set and kind of know what, what I'm prepped for. Take a look at my class roster. Um, I'm trying, especially in the last month or so since New Year's, we've had a bunch of new riders, which is awesome, but try and get to know their names and get familiar with who's riding where and if they're going to need any extra help. And then I'll That's get to this Yeah. Get to the studio, kinda of just do my pre class routine, grab my water, make sure my bike's all set up, my weights, my shoes. Um, I've been bundling up because it is pretty cold. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, you know, even in the desert it's been raining and yeah. storming.
0: Yeah, it's actually been really cold. And over Christmas I did like a like a three day little staycation trip to La Jolla and it was freezing. It was
1: absolutely freezing. We had hail the other day. That's, that's crazy. Like I have never. So yeah, don't (laughs) think that just because we're in California, we're not battling the weather this winter being outdoors. But um, yeah, then I teach my class. They're usually 45 minutes. Um, And then after I come home, shower and hop on Zoom calls I'm working with a consultant right now and trying to find different manufacturers and um, t- like textile mills to work with for this product that I'm building. And yeah, just kind of putting that extra few hours of hustle in in the mornings before I go and shoot branded content, whether that be for my stories or for different collaborations I have coming up later in the month with brands. So I've got a lot of great photographer friends who I'll meet up with. Um, or, my coworkers from SoulCycle. They are great at taking pictures, let me tell I'm you. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> we have lots of practice. They're like our biggest hype people. Um, all the staff there is awesome. So, yeah, then usually take some photos throughout the day, plan out captions, um, submit different um, ideas to get approved, or reach out to different brands that I want to work with in the future. And cool. then Uh, definitely eating a lot is in between all of this throughout the day but then I usually get a good size luncheon before I make my playlist for my evening class and I always like to post and promote my classes on social media remind people hey I'm still around we're open this is my schedule I had this
0: Ariana Grande theme ride just for you oh 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 my god (laughs) I wish I'm dying to go back to Seoul. I okay. really am.
1: Yeah. Next time you're in La Jolla, you'll have to stop by.
0: Definitely. So, in terms of um, working with brands and that that sort of world when it comes to being a fitness instructor, how do you get started with that? Like, is that something that like Soul Cycle helps you with, or do brands just start reaching out to you, or like, do your coworkers say, like, Oh, hey, like, I know the, the PR girl at this at this company she's looking for for more influencers to promote like how does that whole thing get started
1: yeah i think that for each person it can be a little bit different i definitely like once i i look up to so many influencers and a lot of the people that i follow on social media i'd rather watch instagram than a tv show like or a movie
0: I totally relate i can you know, totally like, and yeah.
1: I, I feel like you know 10 years ago it was a lot more um, a lot more brands had to go through celebrities through, you know, TV and magazines and um, newspapers and billboards and all these things. But then it's almost like we became our own PR gatekeepers in a way Mm -hmm. where like you didn't have to go through like a manager or you didn't have to have representation, like the social media and the things that I kind of put out was starting to just attract brands that I was already loving and using soul cycle Definitely encourages you to use social media as a way to build your own brand and to find brands that, you know, you can align with. And it's almost like, you know how like athletes are sponsored? Yes. It's kind of like you can be sponsored like that. Like there's like Lululemon ambassadors or Nike reps or, you know, Puma or whatever it is. But, um, I found that just through the content that I was posting, people kind of got to know me both personally and professionally. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in the beginning, I would just tag brands nonstop. And eventually, mm. they would start to, you know, send you free stuff before things launch or want your feedback on certain things. And I started listening to podcasts. I started uh, reading different articles on what bloggers were saying on how they got started in things. And eventually, um, I was like, oh, wow, this is free marketing for them. I can actually monetize yeah. this. And I can find brands that are willing to help support me financially. And then those are the ones that I had to know and love them first, obviously. always had to try it out. And I say no a lot. I'd say 90%. Just like I don't even have time to even consider it or just doesn't align with me personally. So yeah, then once you kind of find your niche, honestly, if you look at my feed, it's mostly food (laughs) because that's what I like to talk about and, you know, don't feel (laughs) weird promoting, you know, it's like, I don't know much about skincare, but I'll tell you where to get the best burrito.
0: Totally. Oh my God. That's amazing. I would love for a burrito place to sponsor me. That's the dream. Right. It became a thing. I was so obsessed with
1: Chipotle that actually Chipotle follows me.
0: Like, wow. Actually, I remember that. I remember you having like, I feel like right after I took your class and I followed you, there was like an influx of Chipotle content.
1: Oh, always. I have like, I think I still have the highlights saved on my page, but yeah, because I would be running from studio to studio and Chipotle was like the best thing I could get in between my classes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you also mentioned reaching out to brands, which I know that for a lot of let's call it like, quote unquote, micro influencers or girls who are just starting out with the influencer world or working with brands. That's something that you have to do. Not every brand is going to reach out to you in order to put yourself out there. You might have to reach out to them. What right. are some tips you have for like, you know, finding the contact email or what you say in the email? What, what information are you sending them so that you can have the best chance of getting a response and actually getting a deal with this company or brand that you want to work with? Totally. Well, I think that it's pretty easy to
1: kind of feed out when something is uh, intentional. For instance, it's not just a super generic cut and paste email that you send to every Mm -hmm. single brand. Like a lot of times I like to include a personal story or how I found the brand or why I love the brand or how it's helped me. um, Because I'm sure I could only imagine they're getting thousands of similar emails and everyone wants free stuff you know, these days. Yeah, totally. So definitely making it, you know, personable and also not like too overbearing in the sense that, um, they are probably just, you know, fishing through these really quickly, but it's so easy to reach out to brands via Instagram and DM these days. Mm-hmm. But, um, sometimes I've gone through LinkedIn as well and found, local, oh. yeah, local contacts um, and then even using, you know, a mutual friend or something as kind of, I'll be like, hey, do you mind if I name drop you and reach out to someone at Spotify or something like yeah. that? Um, but a lot of times people are so willing to help connect. And I think especially in this day and age, it's like, you know, the brands need the influencers just as much, especially if not more now yeah. due to COVID. Um, True. Because word of mouth is just everything. So if you're actually a loyal customer and you're willing to, you know, share those personal stories on why you love the brand or, you know, why this is what's empty compared to all the other free stuff you get, you know, I feel like people also can tell when they're being sold things. So Mm -hmm. just being authentic with it at the end of the day, yeah, we are kind of walking advertisements for everything. But at the end of the day, hopefully it's brands and companies that you actually do enjoy and, you know, do want to get behind and help out in any way you can.
0: Yeah, totally. So going back to Seoul, I would love to talk a little bit more about your journey to becoming an instructor because I know that there's like a few steps you have to go through and I I vaguely know what the process is like, but I would love to hear about your experience and where you started and and, and how you got to being a full-time instructor. Wow.
1: Yeah, I love that. Thanks. Like taking it way, way back. Um, I'd <laughs> say how I got started was I actually went to San Diego State for um, to study kinesiology. So what? what's, what's kinesiology? Please tell me. <laughs> it, it's um, the study of human movement. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So it essentially, I thought I wanted to go into athletic training and I saw someone tear their ACL in real life and I ran out to the field and I was oh. like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. This is too many injuries. Right, too many injuries. I love sports and like watching sports and things like that, but too many injuries and too many ice packs. So I kind of switched gears a little bit and switched my emphasis to health and fitness specialist. But um, I was always really interested in fitness. Like I have zero hand-eye coordination, but like I love cheerleading. Like I could dive and swim, but um, I was like, not that good in PE. So I kind of liked the idea of conditioning and having a team and obviously being able to compete and work together in different ways that when I got injured, um, my senior year of high school, I was like, Oh my gosh, I thought I was going to go to SDSU and cheer. What am I going to do? I had like an identity crisis. And so, um, I was going through physical therapy at the time and hopped on a bike right before my physical therapy session. Mm -hmm. And I just put on, you know, one of my cheer workout playlists or whatever. And I was like, maybe, maybe I can teach like fitness classes and that can be, you know, my team. So I literally started teaching spin classes, my freshman year of college um, at San Diego state. I got certified. I did like a weekend long certification, which now looking back is like, we didn't even get on the bike. Like it was just kind of more so safety and how to set people up and stuff. But yeah, yeah started there and then helped open a local boutique studio that was similar to Soul Cycle to the rhythm used weights, um, all about mm-hmm. community. And I was, um, with that company for three and a half years and then just wasn't really feeling fulfilled. Didn't feel like I was given a great opportunity to grow and I decided to sign up for the soul cycle audition and hop on a plane and go to Southeast Asia for six months the day after I auditioned. Wow. Okay. My mom was like, it's her Eat, Pray, Love tour. She's like, you just <sighs> had to go and find yourself. And it's crazy because things just started aligning. And I was in Southeast Asia for the six weeks and then um, got the phone call the last weekend. I was in Bali and um, they're like, congratulations, you got into the training program. This oh my doctor. God, I, ha- I have chills. That's right?
0: amazing. I yeah. know,
1: it was the best. I had to search for good Wi-Fi for a good like two hours <laughs> to get the call, but um it was incredible. And I just feel like that's when things just started to align. And I was like, see all this hard work, like all this manifesting and believing that, you know, there's bigger and better out there. It's kind of like one thing just kind of leads into the next.
0: Yeah. So on a more like, um, I guess, step by step basis, mm-hmm. once you audition for Soul Cycle, you get the call back that what you're accepted into the instructor program or something like what are then what happens to like you being able to do your own classes and to work there full time totally
1: well the audition process in, in general is very competitive um you have to apply to even audition there's a group audition this well, this is how it was through my experience at least back yeah. in 2017 um it has since changed a bit but um, solo audition rounds of interviews application to the training program. So this is already after you've been vetted, like multiple rounds, then um, you pick up everything and you move to New York city (laughs) and you're expected to find an apartment or, you know, find roommates through the training program who are also going through it with Mm -hmm. you from all over the U S and Canada. And now
0: the UK as well, because we have expanded internationally since. So everyone goes to New York? Yes.
1: Now, wow. I believe the last few training programs, some um, there were also LA programs. Okay, cool. Yeah. But at the time, it was you, essentially once every season, they had different training programs. So I was group 26. Cool. Training wow. group 26. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I felt like I was on the set of Sex and the City or Friends <laughs> walking down the street every day. But, um, the training was 10 weeks. Um, and so, yeah, you're, I moved in with three other instructors from California who I met at the audition and for the 10 weeks, um, I called it soul cycle school. Uh, you no. you're kind of going into like a classroom setting and you've got all these different topics you discuss from, Um, sound workshops and bike maintenance and safety. And they have us work studio shifts to know what it's like, you know, know. checking people in and at the really busy times, what it's like, you know, an instructor, you know, isn't set up for class, right. Um, Nutrition, anatomy, like special groups, specifically like pregnant women, um, all kinds of things, CPR, emergency training, all that stuff. So yeah, it's a very intensive, training program. And then, um, the last three weeks of the training were when I was there was community rides. So you okay. essentially kind of, you've got all the tools in your toolbox and they're like, okay, now go build a house and we're going to see how <laughs> you do. Um, but yeah, that's not without, you know, lots of drills and, and practicing together as right. a, as a team. And, um, getting feedback from the senior and master instructors and the training team there. So it's amazing. They definitely put a lot into the training program, but you're not guaranteed a spot even after the 10 weeks.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So some
1: people have to go through it an additional time. Um, Some people have to re-audition again. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very high stress. It's, it's competitive, but it's not because we're not battling against each other in any way, which was nice. It's not like there's 10 spots and like, you know, you got to make the team. It's more so about like what markets are opening. So I was there with one other instructor from San Diego. So we knew we were going to go back to San Diego, but some people Mm -hmm. don't know where they're going to go or they're, they'll say, you know, I'm willing to relocate. That's one of the first questions they ask you is um, if you're willing to relocate, because at the time there were so many new studios opening up in new markets that right. they wanted to have people there um, and ready to go teach there once they opened.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So once you like get there, oh, by the way, for people who don't know, community rides are? Mm. They are essentially free
1: rides at SoulCycle where the new training instructors um they teach a class and it's exa- it's, it is It's a class. It's not like a dress rehearsal, but then right afterwards we go and we get feedback on it. So essentially not it's it. free because it's us practicing in front of real strangers we don't know. Or we have a right. friends and family ride and you invite all your friends and all the staff and that's really fun too.
0: That's so fun. Yeah. So, okay, after you do your three weeks of community rides, let's let's go back to this moment. It's your first like official people are paying to take my class. Paying $30 um, to take yeah, 30, my class. <laughs> $30 plus shoes. No pressure, right? Plus shoes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Tell us like what that felt like. And honestly, like I want to hear like, how did it go? Oh my gosh. Well, I was so excited. I, I
1: don't really get nervous, but I get kind of nervous excited. Like I used mm-hmm. to be a cheerleader. So right before you go on the mat, like it's pretty much everything you've done, everything you've worked for, you're like, okay, now I just have to perform it. So it's, it's really, really fun and exciting and, um, a little nerve wracking, But in New York, I was teaching at 23 different studios as a sub.
0: Oh, my God. I remember this. I totally remember like your Instagram stories of you like running around the city to so many different locations. It
1: is so humbling. I still keep all those stories of like me running around, like crying on the subway, like lost in New Jersey. (laughs) It was such a hustle. But um, I loved it. And I actually chose to stay in New York longer because SoulCycle San Diego hadn't even opened yet. Mm. So that's actually why I stuck around for the six months. So I loved it. But if I wasn't like 30 minutes early, I was completely in tears thinking I was going to miss my class. I would be the same exact way. I would be the same way. Right? Like no service in the subway station. So I'd run up, call the front desk, say I was running late. And it always worked out. Like even if I had to start class like a few minutes late and was literally wiping my tears away, people, you know, were so supportive. And I'd end up meeting so many people who were like, yep, that was me. I just moved here two years ago from California. (laughs) Like no one warns you how, how rough the city can be. So it was very, very humbling, but so surreal. Like I I think that I really found a good balance where I had friends and I would go out on the weekends and, you know, live my life and experience, you know, all that New York had to offer. But it's like the day-to-day can be, can be, yeah, it's a hustle for sure. And trying to get people to show up to your classes is hard.
0: Right, right. So, okay, so tell us how the first class went.
1: Um, First class was incredible, except for the fact that my worst nightmare happened. But I was glad that it happened because it makes me realize now, like, I don't even stress about it. So I'm very sweaty. And you know how how hot those rooms used to be, remember?
0: Yeah. yeah. Especially in New York in the summer. Sweat
1: dripping down the mirrors. And no one in New York likes to put the fans on. I'm like can I, give me my Beyonce fans. I would have all the fans and like AC bumping <laughs> if I had it my way. Um, but so essentially this is like a soul cycle secret, but we put condoms, unlubricated condoms on our mic packs to oh my god, keep them from getting wet in class essentially mm-hmm. from your sweat. So mine my whole mic ended up getting waterlogged. It's called and Completely. You couldn't hear anything. It sounded like we were underwater. And so I'm fumbling trying to put together another mic pack and I'm all tangled up in my in the cord. And all of a sudden I knock over this bin. We have this little bin of um, windscreens and an extra mic pack and Mm -hmm. all these condoms go flying across the front row. And everyone's <laughs> staring at me like, what just fell off of this girl's podium? And so long story short, I had to put the condoms on the, on the other microphone pack and put the belt back on and, you know, wrap my new headset around my, around my face. But after I that know. happened once, I was like, don't sweat it. Like it happens literally all the time. And it still happens yeah. every now and then. And it's nothing that I can really control. But... After class, I felt like I had to, like, explain why I, like, had condoms in the room with me.
0: (laughs) Well, and also, like, the soul secret was out. Right, exactly. The secret had been spilled. Soul
1: cycle (laughs) uses
0: non-lubricated condoms. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. But I, I understand that. Like, you know, something goes wrong your first big day, and then from there on out, like, you can handle anything that's thrown at you in that room because you've already handled your worst nightmare Or your first class, you already overcame something that really scared you. Exactly. And I think that we all have such
1: high expectations of ourselves that we expect, you know, everyone else to have those same high expectations. And to be honest, sometimes the more I fumble or talk about what's really bothering me, like those that's when you really get to connect with people. People don't want to see a granola munching, you know, perfect kale salad eating soul cycle instructor. Like they want to see you, they want to see that you're real and that you too, you know, were running late today or, you know, something happened on the subway cuz it just makes you that much more relatable.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think kind of going off on that I wanted to ask you like what do you do to like make your class stand out or to make yourself as an instructor be like okay like to have someone say like I want to take Maya's class because in Maya's class this happens or she plays this music or I feel this way because I know for me when I pick my soul cycle instructor of whose class I want to take I'm like oh XYZ she plays like my favorite music like gotta go with her or like today I'm feeling this vibe and like every instructor kind of has their own take on the class so like I'd love to know like what you do to sort of like throw like Maya into into a class right well it's so hard to
1: be true and authentic sometimes when you think that you need to be someone for everyone And Mm. I'll kind of put it into just a little bit of perspective during training. They ask everyone, so Jordan, I'll ask you this, what is your superpower? (laughs) And I, like, look over at everyone. Like, we're just supposed to be able to, like, answer this on the spot. Like, I need to, like, what's my superpower?
0: Well, like, I know people who could answer that question, like, who are just so confident in, like, who they are that they could answer that question, like, one second. I would be like, I'm like, I don't know.
1: I right. make like
0: really good smoothies, <laughs> exactly,
1: and I feel like in a room full of extroverts at the time, people were so confident and knew who they were and what they had to offer to their class where like even though I had teaching experience, like I still didn't really like know what what was gonna bring people to my class and not someone who's been working here for five you know more years than me. So I kind of decided in the moment that I was like, okay, what is my superpower? Like what, why do people come to me? Like as a friend, like as a um, you know, as someone they want to collab with. And so I decided mine was empathy. And I was like, I truly love being able to meet people where they are. And I feel like why I would go to certain instructors was because It's like, it's not what you say to people, it's how you make them feel. So Mm -hmm. my music, you know, genres change from class to class. It's not like I just play one type of music, but like being able to connect with people on those deeper levels. Like I like to make myself available for my writers before class, after class, on social media, if they ever have a question, um, if they, you know, want me to double check their form, So I think it's kind of like always evolving. I wish it was like just something like I could just for sure say, but if I were were to pick one word, I'd probably pick empathy. Like I feel like people know they can kind of come to me should they need anything. We celebrate together. We party really freaking hard together, but then also like this past year has been tough. So like I talk about all kinds of things. I talk about COVID in my class. I talk about, um, you know, so much that's been happening with racial issues, and I talk mm-hmm. about the importance of showing up to vote. So, mm-hmm. I think that those might be some controversial topics that some instructors aren't always willing to take a stand on or make a public announcement on or feel like they have the means to say it. But at the end of the day, I feel like people can come to my class and um, have that same kind of mutual respect. They can open their minds to, they can hear my story, and then I'll also be there. For to listen to theirs,
0: yeah. I think there are so many things in what you just said that are so important, and that I'd want to call out. Like, first of all, you at your classes, like this is your platform to like speak to people and like inspire people in so many different ways. Whether it has to do with politics or even just how they're feeling that day, like this is your your space to like speak to people and hopefully inspire people in so many different ways, and. Also, like really emphasizing that empathy in class, I think can be really important for someone who's maybe scared to go to SoulCycle or it's their first time at a fitness class. And it can be really nerve-wracking for someone who maybe doesn't work out all the time. And having that instructor who you know is there for you and supporting you, I think could like really make the difference for someone who is deciding, okay, like do I want to do this again? Do I want to spend another of my $30 at SoulCycle?
1: Right, a hundred percent, and I love what you mentioned about new riders too, because as if you know, working out isn't already intimidating enough. Like a lot of these studios, especially one that's been around as long as SoulCycle, like you almost have this reputation of it being, you know, clickish, or people are going to judge you, or you know, only the front people in the front row have to look a certain way, or you know, be at a certain level. And I think that the best way for me to practice that same kind of empathy as putting myself in situations, you know, that put me in that same frame. As well, like okay. I just took a Barry's boot camp class for the first time the other week, and I oh, was God. mortified. Like everyone, like knew what weights to pick up and like how to set up their little bench and like how the headphones worked, and they were like kind of different than the SoulCycle ones. But you know, having instructors, they were fantastic. Who you know, not only see it's your first time because we can see that on the sign-in sheet, but come up, introduce themselves, make sure yeah. you're you know set up and prepared and ready to go, and Um, willing to get to know your name and call you out and give you shout outs and things like that. I feel like that's definitely like a huge touch point for SoulCycle and so many other successful studios that do do that. You're not just a number in a gym. You're not just going to get forgotten um, because we're all kind of in it together and we've all got the same or similar goals at the end of the day.
0: Totally, totally. Okay, so what's, I think, you know, a lot of people, Go to SoulCycle, they feel like they're very familiar with the brand, especially something like SoulCycle. People are like live, eat, breathe, SoulCycle. Like they die for it. So, what's something about your job that someone wouldn't expect of a Soul Cycle instructor? Like, what's one aspect that you think would really surprise people? That is a great question. I think that one aspect that would
1: really surprise people about being a Soul Cycle instructor is how important it is to keep our spiritual selves grounded. Mm. There is so much energy that is exchanged in my day, let alone at one point when I was doing Cycle, you know, and teaching other hit related classes and stuff, I teach like five to six classes a day. Like wow. that's hundreds of people who, at the time, I was you know giving high fives and hugs and introducing myself and making sure that all these people are taken care of and kind of running around from class to class that finding ways to ground myself um and make sure that I felt supported and had what I need to show up to class with good energy is extremely hard, and I think that's. I could, I could handle the physical aspect of it. Like, right. give me all the classes. I could do it. But mentally, emotionally, being able to be there and be present and then come home and kind of take care of whatever I need at the end of the night is extremely hard.
0: Yeah. I, under- I can totally see that because especially me, like, and I think this goes for every a lot of other people too. Like, I go to Seoul to get my soul fed like right. I never went to Soul Cycle for like the workout aspect. Of course, that's a plus and like I loved that I got my sweat on, but like when I left that room, I would feel like rejuvenated. Like like I was like I was grounded now because I spent an hour, you know, with myself in that room, listening to amazing music. I felt this, the vibe of everybody else in the studio. It's like a very emotional time. So I can't even imagine like what that takes out of the instructor because it's up to you to provide that for the room. Right. Exactly.
1: And it's not always as glamorous being behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. um I don't know if you've ever done like any type of performances or theater or anything but what yeah. you see as an audience member is like such a small snippet of you know what's going on behind the curtain. So things happen all the time, you know, in class and it's like you're putting these little fires out which it it's not the end of the world. Things are kind of always going to happen, but things like, you know, sometimes it's distracting when people are off beat or people Mm. in the back row are chatting and talking or, um, someone, you know, doesn't feel like doing your choreo or is giving you, you know, total resting bitch face. Or, Mm. um, there's so many things that if you give too much energy to, it can kind of put a damper on how you view your class or how you view your performance. So sometimes it's, it's really important, not, not not sometimes, always to kind of be able to shake off some of the classes or some of the energy that didn't sit well with you and realize that, mm-hmm. you know, you can come back and teach, it, teach another one. It's not the end of the world if, you know, it wasn't your best class and it's not always going to be your best class. And people do give feedback all the time, unsolicited. Right. <laughs> and so you're not always going to be people's cup of tea. And I think especially as you start out, um, especially when it's hard to get, you know, market yourself and get a lot of bodies into your classes. It's, it's like the best instant gratification when you, you know, have sold out classes and the energy is super on point. But the reality is sometimes I teach to one or two people, like sometimes people don't show up. Sometimes people are so drained and don't have a lot to give that they're not matching your same energy back. So being able to kind of, you know, take what you need to refill your cup at the end of the day and know that, you know, you're just human and trying to do your job the best you can and provide that um, that great experience for for writers. Yeah.
0: And I think that what you've said, so many of the things that you said can really apply to like any job, any friendship, any relationship that you have. Like, I think it's important to remember in any aspect of life that like some days are going to be shitty and some days are going to be amazing and you're going to feel this like insane energy and it's going to be awesome but the important thing is on those bad or like on those worst days I guess you could say is to remember that like tomorrow there's the opportunity for it to be like a bright light of the day exactly exactly okay so my final question for you is just what advice would you give to someone who's maybe in college or maybe you know obsessed with soul and thinks that they would be an amazing soul cycle instructor. What advice would you give to them for breaking into this world? Advice. Oh, if you want to be a soul cycle instructor, get in there,
1: ride as much as you can. A lot of our front desk staff or managers end up being the instructors who go through the training program. Mm -hmm. Um, I, was lucky enough to know of SoulCycle through my travels that I was like, this is where I want to be. But get your foot in the door. Um, instructors are usually so happy to share their story and their experience too on um, what they did to get started. But I'd say start somewhere, uh, get certified if you're thinking about becoming a personal trainer or a group fitness instructor. Although certification is not necessary, it could be a good insight to whether or not you're even willing to put in the work, you know, you're willing to sign up for something for a weekend long thing, you're already manifesting that for yourself in a way. Yeah, Um, definitely, you'll need to be, you know, CPR, AED certified too. So getting that done in advance could just make you look like an even better candidate if studios Mm -hmm. are looking for instructors. And don't be afraid to start at a different studio too. If SoulCycle is the end goal, that's great. Keep riding at Soul on the weekends where you can. But if you can get into um, different brands, uh, spin studio or group exercise, definitely do that. But be willing to find a studio and community that you really love because they are Mm -hmm. not all equal. (laughs) Um, There's definitely a glamorous side to it, but... The energy of the studio and the community that you'll you'll be investing in is going to be really crucial. And then I'd say also, like, really think about your why, like why you want to be an instructor. Um, and if it is for a career and it is for you know the long haul, I would definitely say do what you can to find multiple um, income multiple income sources. Um, whether that be, you know, an influencer or or picking up marketing for a company or even social media for a company, I feel like would be such a great way to learn um, how you'll eventually, you know, be doing it for yourself. That way eventually you can break off and, and be your own brand, your own business. Cause at the end of the day, I think, I think that's what we all want. You know, it's not even like soul cycles, the end all be all for a lot of people and, for me, it was like once I got there, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this was my dream. Now what? Like, what? Yeah. What's next? What am I working yeah. towards next?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think knowing your why and um, and kind of just starting to manifest it for yourself, you know, step one, square one, will be huge.
0: Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Maya, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. And I loved our conversation. Guys, if you want to get in touch with Maya, follow her on Instagram. If you live in La Jolla, take one of her classes. Take it from me. I've done one. It's amazing. And I highly, highly recommend you guys take her class. Um, Maya, do you have any last words you want to say bye? Let them know where they can reach you. Sure. Yeah, I just wanted to say, Jordan, thank you so much for having me. I'm
1: so so excited. This is like my second ever podcast. So oh my god, so great talking. You definitely have to come visit next time you're in San Diego. But yes, yeah, definitely. You can find me at um, SoulCycle La Jolla, and also on Instagram at Maya Monza, and also my business account is at Apre Sweat. S W E A T.
0: Amazing. Um, yeah, that's it guys. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.